as we welcome in Alan Mitchell to the morning show. Good morning, Alan. How was your uh, family day long weekend, I guess? How was it? It was very nice. I had a really good weekend. We uh, uh, spent time together. I barbecued. Ooh. I took the dog for a walk. The weather was pleasant. I washed the car. Hmm. I, I guess I was pretending it was May. We'll put it that way. <laughs> well, it's kind of like the weather in May. But what, what did you barbecue? Uh, hamburgers. Oh. I was going to do steaks, yeah. but I, 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 I looked at the price and I thought, eh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll do it a little later, maybe in April. Well, everything is uh, through the roof if you want to do some top-notch barbecuing. That's the way it is, I guess. But uh, what did you make of uh, yesterday's game in Arizona, Alan? Well, the Oilers traditionally, and I don't know why, uh, during uh, you know afternoon games are kind of lay an egg often and they did in the second period i mm-hmm. thought they were okay in the first they lost a little bit of the momentum as the period went on second period was poor like flat out poor and Stuart skinner who's had a great year and saved them many times was also not quite right goaltenders during the middle of the day uh we saw it yesterday not just for the oilers and in arizona there were a lot of wobbly goaltenders yesterday. I thought Skinner wasn't as sharp as normal, but in the third period, the Oilers, and that's a sign of a, a really good team. They, they, I don't know who said what during the intermission, or maybe they didn't say anything at all, but the bottom line is they played a very strong, powerful period in the third, and I know people are wondering why they can't do that all the time. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, some days are diamonds, some days are stone, as John Denver said. So, <laughs> Alan Mitchell with us on Sports 1440, the Kevin Carey Show, 724 in Edmonton. Um, we saw Chris Knobloch change the lines once again. Alan, it's kind of getting, you know, he's doing it a little more often than I think he would like, and he said that after the game. But it seems every time he does make a little swap here and there, it sure works. Yeah, they, they, they. One thing I've, I've always wondered is that it seems as though uh, when they're on the road, Drysaddle and McDavid play together more often, and I wonder if that's just trying to, you know, put together a unit that that is very difficult to defend against. But when they checked down to the the McDavid uh, Hyman Nuge line, I thought that worked really well, and the other lines worked well too. So uh, for for Knobloch, I think. You always want to have that in your back pocket, but what I do like about him, and you mentioned it, Kevin, is that they, under Knobloch, they they swap lines a little less often than they did under other uh, coaching staffs, and I, I I think the continuity is a good idea. Mm-hmm. The problem is they only have I call them guys who push the river. Some people call them drivers, but McDavid and Drysaddle are just natural drivers of of uh, possession and goal scoring. So having them on separate lines and in the middle benefits the team greatly and I, I do think that's the best deployment but they were stale now I think they'll come back together especially that top line of Hyman, Nugent, McDavid I think we'll see that against Boston mm-hmm. Yeah, Oilers with a day off today Boston is here tomorrow the first of five straight at Rogers um, Oilers penalty kill unit Allen nine goals uh, in the last five games coming into last night's game yesterday's game had given up just one in the previous 13 what's going on in your estimation on the penalty kill two things i think the you know coaches watch film and they've discovered some the the orders were very effective and for a long time and uh, i I think that that other teams have discovered ways around it workarounds i know the detroit game there was a little bit of luck on the pass through uh i think it was to scored it was kind of a flutter ball from i believe 
Patrick Kane, but uh, they were unlucky a little bit, but now it's kind of gotten uh, to the point where other teams are, are able to MacGyver through what was at a very effective defensive structure. So I think they'll probably check down a little bit. And I also do wonder about um, the, what they basically did um, when the coaching change occurred was they stopped using McDavid, uh, Connor McDavid on the penalty kill. And I get that. And I think it's a very wise idea, but uh, until they get their, their life in order a little bit, you may see a little more of Dreisaitl and McDavid and Evander Kane who stopped penalty killing too, because the, the fourth line guys, uh, you know, have been on the ice and they haven't done the job. I know DeHarnay has been picked on a little bit by fans, but I don't think you take him off the penalty kill just because of that. You know, he's got a the, the wingspan of a condor, and I do think he's effective in suppression. So uh, I w- maybe would see McDavid more often on the penalty kill, Dreisaitl and Kane a little more often, and possibly a little less of the of the normal PK guys. Vinny D was just a, a little off yesterday. I didn't think he had a very strong game. Uh, and then, you know, it was funny, Alan, I was mentioning, uh, I thought Michael Kesselring looked just fine on the back yeah. end for Arizona. So he came over in the Bukestad trade uh, last year. Nick Bukestad had a couple of goals. Uh, what do you think about uh, the, I mean, we all know it is what it is in, in Arizona. It's, you know, less than 5,000 people. But, I mean, there's probably 70% Oiler fans, and of course there are tons and tons of people from Alberta that live in in Phoenix and area, and they go to a lot of the games. And anytime the Oilers are down there, it's a tough ticket in the sense that you know you don't have a lot of tickets to to buy. But I, I was really impressed with the amount and and the, the feeling in the building with the amount of Oiler fans there last uh, yesterday afternoon. Yeah, they they travel well for sure. The there's two things. Number one, you know, Oiler fans are like you know. Phoenix is a great place. Most Edmontonians have been there for a holiday. Oilers adding in an Oilers game, fantastic. What a great trip mm-hmm. that is. So, and I mean, the prices are high, but who cares? You get to see the Oilers on the road, and I, I think they sell liquor there based on what <laughs> I saw in the stands. So it's a, it's a good time for everybody. But the, the bigger issue, Kevin, I think is, and, and like I'm stubborn. I'm a stubborn mule, mm-hmm. but I'm never going to get close to Gary Bettman in terms of stubborn. And I, like, I respect him. I think one of the reasons the Oilers are still here is Gary Bettman. There was a time when they were on their way or seemingly on the way to Houston, and, and Gary Bettman sort of sent a lifeline. And no people sometimes don't want to hear good things about Gary, but that is the truth. Mm-hmm. But he's gotten very stubborn on the Coyotes, and I think that, that you know the legacy is going to be a lot of owners who lost a lot of money and then several NHL-caliber arenas around the Phoenix area that don't house NHL teams. I think Arizona's going. I don't know where. Salt Lake, Houston, Quebec, Kansas City, I don't know where. But from the point of view of, of revenue, it's such a drag. I read yesterday, $50 million. And, you know, owners didn't get to be rich by, by not watching where the money goes. And so NHL owners are probably pressuring Gary, and I think finally we're going to see some activity there. there you could put that team in Quebec and instantly increase – the the salary cap just based on revenues and it's silly to to be where they are and i think that that you know i mean i grew up a california seals fan and there were reasons why they moved to cleveland and then were sort of dissolved into the minnesota north stars i think i think arizona i know shane doan's records will be you know lost in the mist but uh, from the point of view of of 
this league, it's astounding to me that, that this is continuing, and I don't think it's going to last much longer. Alan Mitchell with us on Sports 1440, host the Lowdown with Low Tide from 12 till 2 on Sports 1440. When I look at this team, though, Alan, there's nothing that excites me. I mean, you have Clayton Keller, who is, yes, a very gifted young player. Well, he's not so young anymore, but, you know, he's in his mid-20s. After that, I mean, I don't even know if I want to watch any of these guys. I mean, I this team lost 10 in a row now. You know, it wasn't that long ago they were like 10, 12 points ahead of the others. Now they're like, what, 20 behind. I, there's nothing there that excites me about this team. Well, they have to, you know, a smart team. And I, I think their mad general manager is a pretty smart guy, but he's building right now. And they need to, they need, he needs time. But, you know, you need to, you need to build a team and have, you know, Keller stay there for seven years. And then all of a sudden, you know, he's somebody that you can build your, your team around and maybe sell season tickets to. And he's getting there. I mean, he's, he's, he's playing well. He is, as you say, somebody to watch. I like Lawson Krause. Uh, they have to draft better. They've got some nice players. The kid they got from the Everton Oil Kings a couple of years ago looks good, but they have to they have to build and be good for a period of time where people stop thinking about them as the you know the sad sacks. Right now, honestly, Kevin, they're a, they're a store for other NHL teams. Mm-hmm. Teams go in there and they go, okay, well, you know, if you're the, if you're an Oiler fan, you're going, well, gee, Lawson Krause would be nice and. That's the wrong way for a team to build like Arizona, but that's basically what they are. They're a store. NHL team shop there. Well, Jacob Voracek still on uh, injured reserve for this year. Uh, Shea Weber's on injured reserve this year and two more years at seven point eight. They, I mean, the this is a, a team right now that is in total, I think, total disarray. And as you said, I think it's an embarrassment to where the NHL is to have these guys, uh, what they're doing with everything as far as the facility goes, how the team is built. Uh, you mentioned uh, Dylan Gunther from the Oil Kings. I thought he looked lost. He's playing with absolutely zero confidence right now. I thought he looked lost out there. So uh, just your thoughts on uh, this homestand starting Wednesday with uh, the old Big Bad Bruins coming in here, Al. The one really quick note on Gunther, he did look lost, but he was playing against, like, they, they were matching him up against really tough competition. He'll be fine. They just have to, it's like watching Nuge, uh, you know, 12 years ago or 10 years ago. As far as the homestand is concerned, I think that, that it's really tough, Kevin. These are really tough games they have. I think they'll go three wins and two losses, and I think that, that fans will probably be upset that they don't look as strong as they did during the winning streak. But if they can win three of the next five, that will be a really, really good result for the owners. And I, I do think that they'll catch and pass uh, Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, I, I do, I'm okay. not, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how they're going to fix the defense. I think they will get a, a, a second-line scoring winger. I'm just not sure how they're going to fix that defense because mm-hmm. – um, there's not a lot out there aside from Tanev, but I don't think he's coming here. No, I don't either. Yeah, just a note on Gunther. I'm not trying to – I mean, the kid's only 20 years old. He's got a wonderful career ahead of him. Uh, but, again, I, I just thought yesterday he was, you know, again, lost. He, he was just out there. He wasn't sure of where he was supposed to be on certain assignments certain times during during the, um, um, you well, know, the play and stuff. So he's, he's, he's right where Nuge was. When Nuge came in, Sam Gagne and Sean Horkoff, were, were the centers who were mm-hmm. supposed to be ahead of him. But Nuge was already better than the other. You know, Horkoff was, was not, 
you know, he was older, and Gagne was not a, a natural center, really. And so Nuge ended up taking on a lot of the tough competition, and, and he really had a hard time. Same thing for Gunther. Uh, these are tough years for him, and it's too bad, because you're right, Kevin. He should have a veteran guy yeah. mentoring him, like a really good veteran guy mentoring him. And and he doesn't, and that's that's a reflection of the coyotes they should have a they should have a really good like adam henrique should be on that team and maybe gunther plays wing and learns from him something like that um but they don't so logan cooley and gunther play together and they get killed mm-hmm. and and i mean it's a, it's a tough way to learn remember Nuge, he had some tough years yeah. where where you know he he'd be you know also in the photo but when you're young and learning that's a tough way to learn yeah i mean they do have some young young talented players but um how they bring them along here is so critical so yeah, critical at this time of their uh, you know maturation stage and things like that so do you are you uh, when you when a team like boston comes to town you is that get your juices flowing a little bit like uh, for tomorrow night Oh yeah, yeah. I I often uh, I'm not this time, but I often take my my daughter or son to the Bruins game, and we've seen many over the years. I remember uh, one of my favorite Bruins memories in that building is I, I took my daughter to watch uh, the Bruins, and uh, Martin Marichin scored like in the 11th shootout <laughs> shot, and it was he, he it actually went off a stick, and he fooled the goaltender. It was the funniest damn thing, but I will never forget that. The crowd went crazy. Uh, because, as you know, Marinson wasn't exactly a, mm-hmm. a, a stellar offensive player. But uh, the Bruins have always been, before the Oilers arrived in the NHL, they were my favorite team. I've always enjoyed watching them. Yeah. And because, I mean, it's an original six team and great uniforms and, you know, fabulous players. And they're a great hockey club. They, they're they a team that I, I don't think they'll win the Stanley Cup, but They've been in the window to win the Stanley Cup for well over a decade now, and that's that's a reflection of really good management and coaching. Boy, you bring up Martin Marinson. He was a very slight guy. A little, he was a, a little rail, uh, but he was tall. But remember, uh, uh, I remember Pascal Perez. You would remember him. And oh, Joe, yeah. Joe Garagiola said, uh, called Pascal Perez. He said that guy could have a shower and a shotgun barrel. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that the original Expos team? had a pitcher named Carol Sembera, who was very much as you described. I think he was like 6'2 and 170. And his nickname was The Pencil, which I always thought, <laughs> baseball nicknames are the best. And I always thought The Pencil, like, that's a, that's a cruel and apt nickname for a string bean. <laughs> All right, Al, thanks for this. Do you know what's coming up on uh, the big program today at 12 o'clock for you? Is, is Deck working the phones, getting the lines going? Yeah, he is. We've got Daniel Nugent Bowman coming up from The Athletic. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, Daniel has written some really good things about the orders and had some interesting tweets. Uh, Rachel mm-hmm. Dory will also join us. We're going to talk about um, a little bit about Yarimer Yager and the celebrations that, that happened this weekend and about the, I think it was four seasons that he spent in Europe. If he had played in the NHL, during those years, he might have been the one to pass Wayne Gretzky. It's going to be Ovechkin if he makes it. Uh, but we'll talk a little bit about that and the orders at the deadline as well. So it should be a really good show. I'm looking forward to it. Hey, thanks for this, y'all. Have a great one. Uh, we'll talk soon. Take care, man. You're the best, sir. Thank you.